Good morning. And if you have your Bible, please turn with me to Isaiah chapter 49. And we're going to read a few verses from that passage and then have a look at them this morning. Because as we look forward to celebrating the birth of Jesus in our day, there were those who look forward to the birth of Jesus before it actually happened. And that's why we're looking in this passage in Isaiah, because we're going to see the servant of the Lord, the servant who will bring light to darkness. So let's read these few verses in Isaiah 49, starting to read at verse 1. Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my birth, he has made mention of my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. He said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have labored to no purpose. I have spent my strength in vain and for nothing. Yet what is due to me is the Lord's hand, and my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself, for I am honoured in the eyes of the Lord. And my God has been my strength. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. This is what the Lord says, and remember the Holy One of Israel, to him who was despised and abhorred by the nations, to the servant rulers, kings will see you, and rise up, princes will see and bow down, because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word, and as we gather around it now, we just seek your guidance as we see more of you, as we move towards this Christmas time. And as we do that, we're remembering those who were there before that first Christmas, but who knew things about you because you were part of the promise. And our Father, we just ask now that you open our understanding and we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Right, well, this passage of Isaiah uh, 49, you might remember that last week we looked at Isaiah chapter 42. And on that occasion, we used the illustration of how an expectant mother can, by means of a scan, view something that has not yet been seen. And from this, they can be given information about the one who is yet to be born. Now, in these chapters, Isaiah is giving us a glimpse of Jesus, the one who is to be born at the time that we now know as Christmas. And he's going to continue, this is Isaiah, is going to continue to give us other insights about who Jesus is. Now, Christmas is a time for families to gather together. I know this year it'll be different. 
because there are restrictions. But when families gather together to celebrate a birthday, they can now not only have the photo of the original scan, but they will have many more snapshots of the growth of the one whose birthday it is. We've all had those family occasions when the photograph album comes out and we go through all those photographs, even the embarrassing ones. You know, the pictures of our first steps and our progression of our first days at school. All those photographs, you know, your school uniform, all smart. The changing styles and the embarrassing fashions from our younger days. Pictures of us with long hair, short hair, and now maybe no hair. And an ever-changing waistline. You know, Isaiah is speaking God's words to the people of his day. And as God leads Isaiah, he reveals to him other things that would happen in the days beyond his generation, showing things that must happen in the future that would show the importance and the relevance that all these things have with each other. Now, the reason being is that they are all part of the one thing, God's perfect plan for you and I. I think the best way to view the book of Isaiah, and for that matter, to view the whole of Scripture, is if we treat it as though we're looking at a painting It's a wonderful piece of art. It's being drawn and painted for us by the master artist, who is God. A picture that's showing the past, the present and the future. Now, part of the picture that Isaiah shows us has pictures of what has happened in the past and also pictures of what is happening in his day, but also with sketches of what would be happening in our day. Sketches, some of which have now been coloured in, and we see them more clearly, and sketches that are still being coloured in, and others that are still to be coloured in. In other words, a work in progress. But they they are all part of the one picture. And you know, the wonderful thing is, that God, who is the artist, knows exactly what it will look like when it is completed. It's all in his hands, but we're getting little peaks of it here. So, let's take another look at the part of the picture that God wants us to see in the book of Isaiah, as we see the things that surround the picture of the baby in a manger. He is the central figure. And these things tell us something about who he is, why he is here, or in their day, why would he come? And also, it tells us something of what kind of man he will be. So let's go to the passage we read, Isaiah 49. Let's go through and we'll have a look at these verses, verse 1 through to 7. Starting with verse 1. This is what it says. Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me from my mother's womb, and he has spoken my name. Okay. It's a call to listen. 
But who is the call to? Well, in the words of Isaiah, the islands and the distant nations, this call goes beyond the nation of Israel. Of course, they are included because they're hearing these words. But it goes beyond that. It goes to the rest of the world. It's going to the Gentiles. And what is being said here, if you have ears, listen as God speaks to the whole world. Now that reminds us of the words that Jesus spoke on more than one occasion during his public ministry when he said, whoever has ears, let him hear. But who is speaking? Well, it's the one who the Lord has called. That's the first thing. The one seen as being the servant of Jehovah. Well, Isaiah is seen as being a servant of Jehovah. The nation of Israel are seen as being a servant of Jehovah. But here in this passage, Jesus is seen as being the servant of Jehovah. Jesus is the servant to the nations. The nations that did not know Israel's God. Servant to the Gentiles. They are all servants who have been called. The voice that must be listened to is speaking to the whole world. Let's take this little passage here. Before I was born, the Lord called me from my mother's womb. Let's go to the New Testament. Let's go to Matthew. And it's chapter 1, verse 21. This is from the Christmas story. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. That's Jesus. Now listen to the last next little bit. He has spoken my name. And again, let's go back to the uh, New Testament, back to Matthew. Matthew 1, verse 22. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. What does that name mean? Well, the passage tells us, which means God with us. This is God's name. He is given God's name because he is God. Jesus is God with us. Let's go back to Isaiah 49 and read from verse 2. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword in the shadow of his hand. He hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. So this servant is prepared. And the message that he has is a prepared message. And the message is the message of the gospel. Now, if you look at these verses carefully, it tells us what the gospel contains. And the gospel contains both good news and bad news. You see, the one who brings the gospel, the one who is Jesus, is the bringer of salvation, but he will also one day be judge. And he, here in these verses, is equipped for the task ahead to be saviour and to be judge. John 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If we read on it in John, we see that Jesus is the Word. 
So let's take that thought with us and also link it to the passage in Isaiah that we're looking at. Let's go to Hebrews 4 and we're going to read two verses, verse 12 and 13. And these are very familiar words. We use them a lot and quite rightly so. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now we quietly use that verse, quite rightly use that verse when we're talking about the Bible, God's word. But you know, it's God's word. And Jesus is God's word. The written word and the living word, they are all God's word word so now let's go to revelation 1 verse 16 and as we do let us just reconsider those verses we've read in isaiah in verse 2 he made my mouth like a sharpened sword in the shadow of his hand he hid me he made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver revelation 1 verse 16 in his right hand he held seven stars and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword and his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Do you see the links here? See the person who's being spoken about here? And as we do, let's go to verse 3 of Isaiah 49. He said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. Right now, think about this. He said to me, You are my servant. Then he calls him, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. The nation of Israel, the nation of Israel, the full splendor of God was not seen in them, but it is seen in Jesus. The servant, Israel, the nation, will fail to display the full splendor of who God is. Only the Messiah could do this. The reference to Israel is directed to Jesus. He will complete the work of salvation and he will take it to all nations let's go back to verse 4 of uh, chapter 49 of Isaiah but I said I have labored in vain I have spent my strength for nothing at all yet what is due to me is the Lord's hand and my reward is with my God this appears to be a very confusing and maybe difficult passage if this is talking about Jesus. But you know, we have to look at it and hear what it's saying. You see, this is speaking about Jesus and the verse is in two halves. The first half. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing at all. Now, just think about that. We'll look at it in a moment. But let's go, let's go to the second part. Yet, what is due to me is the Lord's hand, and my reward is with my God. Okay, the first part sounds like defeat and failure. The second speaks of victory. Now, in that little passage, the link word here is yet. Yet. That's the important link between these two parts of this verse. So how does this speak of Jesus? Well, this first part is a picture of his 
earthly ministry. What happened in his earthly ministry? He was rejected by the people of his day. His three-year ministry appeared to many as being in vain. Even at the last moment, his disciples deserted him when he was arrested and taken to be crucified. They deserted him. On the cross, his strength was spent as he spoke these words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Doesn't sound good, does it? And yet, that's the word, and yet, everything was in God's hands. The Father's, the Father's will was being done, and the victory was secured. You see the relevance of that verse from Isaiah, how it applies to Jesus? Let's go uh, a couple of other um, chapters in Isaiah and take a few verses from each of those as we consider this. Isaiah 52 verse 13. This is what it says. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Isaiah 53 verse 12. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life into death, and was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. That's the victory. He bore the sins of many. That was painful. It looked like failure when it was happening. But it made intercession for the transgressors. Let's go back to uh, Isaiah 49. <clears throat> we come to what is a summary and a conclusion of these few verses that have shown us another snapshot of the work of the one whose birth we celebrate this Christmas. Isaiah 49 verse 5. And now the Lord says, he who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself, for I am honoured in the eyes of the Lord my God. My God has been my strength. It's Jesus who will do this. Salvation is all of God, and the honour and the glory belongs to him. Now the final sacrifice has been made and those who will be called to continue the work of taking the gospel to the nations are the apostles. Now the apostles, they are Jews. They are Israelites. And they have been brought back to God by the power of the new covenant in Jesus and as we go through the New Testament even his church is referred to as being Israel and we go on to verse 6 of chapter 49 he says it is too small a thing for you to be my servants to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Where that says it is too small a thing, it's not saying what has happened has been too small. What he's saying is 
there's more contained in what has been done on the cross. It's too small a thing just to do this little thing of bringing back those of Israel. It goes beyond that and it's bigger than that. And it'll go right on to make the one who hung on the cross the light for the Gentiles, that the salvation might reach the ends of the earth. So, in that little verse there that we read, verse 6, I will also, see, it goes on, there's going to be more. It tells us that more than bringing back those of Israel who God has kept means that there is more than this that has been achieved by what Jesus has already done. And this explains the phrase, it is too small a thing. It's not that it's a small thing. It's a bigger thing than you realise. That's what it's saying. The apostles were called to be servants. They are only part of the bigger picture. They will now take the gospel to the Gentiles and to the rest of the world. The apostles, as we've said, were Jewish. Paul was Jewish. Where did Paul go when he, he took the gospel? If there was a synagogue there, he took it first to the people in the synagogue. He took it first to his people, then the Gentiles. They will be those who, and this illustration has been used before, they started the ripple in the, in, the, in the pool and that ripple that spread to the rest of the world. This reminds us a little bit of what Jesus said to the Samaritan woman. This was during his public ministry when he was speaking to the Jewish nation, bringing those back. Who did he bring back? He brought the disciples, the apostles and he said this to the Samaritan woman, You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yes, it's coming from the Jews. Jesus, Peter, James, Paul, the apostles, they were bringing it. Jesus secured it. And they took it and distributed it throughout the world. Listen to Matthew chapter 28, 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Let us this morning as we draw to a close follow the instructions given to us in verse 1 of the passage that we're looking at this passage of Isaiah and this is what it says and what I'll do this little bit um, of uh, advice from verse 1 and then we'll close with verse 7 this advice from verse 1 listen to me you islands hear this you distant nations before I was born the Lord called me so we are to listen then verse 7 of chapter 49 this is what the Lord says 
the Redeemer and Holy One of Israel, to him who was despised and abhorred by the nation to the servants of rulers. Kings will see you and stand up. Princes will see and bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. Let me read them again as just one little piece. Listen to me, you islands, hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. And this is what the Lord says. The Redeemer and Holy One of Israel, to him who is despised and abhorred by the nations, to the servant of rulers, kings will see you and stand up. Princes will see and bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. Our prayer this Christmas, let it be that the voice of God will be heard through all the noise of commerce, through all the sounds of Christmas that are just there to encourage us to buy things and have things and enjoy things. Let us listen to what God says through the voice of the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the baby in the manger, who is the man or who will be the man on the cross and who is the Lord who sits at the right hand of his Father. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you again for your word and we've just mentioned before you these words that we will bring to you as a prayer that as the gospel goes out in its many forms during this Christmas time, there will be those who will hear your voice that you will open their hearts and that they will come to you, that they will recognise who you are. They will know what you can do for them. And our Father, for us who know you, although we're in difficult circumstances with this coronavirus, draw us closer to you by doing that. Draw us closer together to each other. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.